Well, good morning. Good to see you all here this morning on this day that we're beginning the, the new transitioning. So just glad. I'm just happy to see everybody that's here this morning. Um, you'll see in your bulletin things look a little different. The bulletins are back to kind of a more normal stance. Um, so we're going to be using the same bulletin for inside and out. Uh, like I said earlier, the um, songs will be a little different, so you'll probably see on there like we do for the closing or for the uh, song of invitation, you'll see an arbor song and you'll see a sanctuary song on there. Um, for those for those who come to whichever one, just be aware of that. Um, if you are going to both, save your bulletin. Um, I don't expect everybody to be at both. You can come as you please. You can come to one or the other or both. Like I said earlier, it's all going to be the same. It's going to be the same message. It may be a little bit different because of the uh, what I've written down will be the same, but what I say may be a little bit different because the Spirit leads in different ways. So just be aware of that. Um, and you'll see there on the back of your bulletin, uh, we don't have anything for the greeters or ushers or the flowers or the nursery or uh, Meals on Wheels. We're still going to be putting all that back together uh, for that. So uh, we will make sure we can... We, we fill all that out as the weeks uh, continue on, so please uh, just keep that in mind. Um, you'll also see on the ongoing events there, you'll see that uh, we, you know, the schedule of what's going on, uh, the UMW are cranking back up, and then again, the prayer labyrinth that we have on the basketball court. Um, so I greet you in the name of God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, and I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Are there any other things that we need to be aware of uh, as far as news in the church? Yes. Yes, thanks for everyone that had a hand in that, and thank you to the women for putting that all together for Jolene and the family. That was very nice uh, for, for them. Uh, any other news this morning? All right, well, let us begin our worship then with an opening prayer, so let us pray. Holy Spirit, flow through our worship. Dwell in us this day and all days. Speak through our words, breathe into our thoughts, and gather us together as one community of faith. Build us together on the foundation that is ours in Christ Jesus, our cornerstone. Flow through our days that we may be reflections of your presence. In your holy name we pray. Amen. All right, so our song of preparation this morning is near to the heart of God. Uh, if you picked up the insert for out here, you'll see the words there. So let us sing near to the heart of God. Okay. 
near to the heart of God. That is no more true when we are in prayer, when we are talking with our Lord and Savior, and when we are listening for His voice. So as we continue this morning, we lift up our joys and our concerns so that we can pray with and for one another. So what joys and concerns do we have to lift this morning?
glad that she's doing better. Others. Definitely be in prayer for Chester's family as, and for all those at uh, MCC that knew him. So that's a, it's a hard loss. Others this morning. Ruby Williams, already. Oh my goodness. Others. Oh, and you got any more? Is that good? <laughs> well, seeing no others this morning, let us take these prayers and our prayers to God this morning. So let us pray. Gracious Heavenly God, we are so glad we can come and worship you. We are thankful for the raindrops that we hear hitting the roof. We are thankful for the things that you have given us. We are thankful for our friends and our families. We are thankful for our health. And Lord, as we come here to gather to worship, we come with our worries on our minds, the people that we pray for, the people that we love. And Lord, we have so many that are on our list, and we have so many more that are on our hearts. Lord, we pray for those who are sick, those who are suffering from broken limbs, those who are recovering. We ask that you be with them, be with the doctors and the nurses and the caretakers. Lord, we ask that you be with those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. Give them peace. Just comfort them with the people that come around. And Lord, as we have gathered here this morning, we are just grateful that we can. That we can get out of bed in the morning, that we can do what we do, and Lord, may what we do be for you. So Lord, this morning we come and we pray the prayer that has been prayed through the centuries, the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue this morning, our Psalter lesson comes from Psalm 89, verses 20 through 37. Let us read this psalm together. I have found David, my servant, 
With my holy oil I have anointed him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. Set his hands on the seas and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love I will keep for him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his line forever, and his throne as the days of the heavens. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my ordinances, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgressions with the rod and their inequity with scourges. But I will not remove from them my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all, as sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His line shall endure forever. His throne as long as the sun before me. Like the moon, it shall be established forever. It shall stand firm while the skies endure. As we continue this morning, we are always thankful for the offerings, gifts, tithes, and time that are given to the glory of God. So this morning, let me offer this prayer for all of those gifts that we have responded to God with. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, flow through these gifts we return to you now. Dwell in them as you dwell in us, that others may know your abiding presence and your steadfast love. In your holy name we pray, amen. Our message text this morning is uh, coming from the gospel according to Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 34 and verses 53 through 56. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him everything they had done and taught. Many people were coming and going, so there was no time to eat. He said to the apostles, come by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. They departed in the boat by themselves for a deserted place. Many people saw them leaving and recognized them. So they ran ahead from all the cities and arrived before them. When Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. When Jesus and his disciples had crossed the lake, They landed at Gennesaret, anchored the boat, and came ashore. People immediately recognized Jesus and ran around that whole region, bringing sick people on their mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, 
villages, cities, or farming communities, they would place the sick in the marketplace and beg him to allow them to touch even the hem of his clothing. Everyone who was touched, who touched him was healed. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we have come this morning and heard your message and sung your praises, may you speak to us through the message today, and may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this morning, it may seem like we skipped around just a little bit. And it's kind of weird that both passages talk about when the disciples and Jesus arrived. Well, the first part of it, verses 30 through 34, is a continuation of when the disciples were sent out, two by two, to go out and proclaim the good news with the authority to heal and to, um, uh, sent out demons from people. The next part is actually after a few other stories that skips. We skip the feeding of the 5,000, uh, according to Mark, and we also skip Jesus walking on water. Now, why do we skip these two passages? It seems very important to have these. Well, we're going to hit those two stories next week. We're going to hit it from the Gospel of John instead of the Gospel of Mark. So the lectionary decided and said, we're not going to talk about these this week. We're going to kind of skip around. But you know, that's okay. It's okay to skip around a little bit in the Bible as long as we understand the context, that we know what's in between, what's before, what's after. Like I said, at the beginning of chapter 6, Jesus sent the, the, two, the 12 out in pairs and giving them authority. And then we have this where we pick up, where Jesus is back, coming back, uh, the the, the the apostles, the disciples are coming back to tell Jesus what is happening and what is going on. What they did, what they accomplished while they were gone. And Jesus is listening and he can see how tired and how weary the disciples are. So he tells them, let's go away. Let's go find a secluded place. Let's go and rest and take a break. But people were coming and going, and they couldn't eat. They were busy, busy, busy. Everybody was trying to get in to see Jesus. But is that not a succinct description of our lives today? Just so busy, too busy to pass for the pause for a real lunch. You know, to sit down, to go and grab a real meal, not a fast food meal. We even have parents and children who drive through just fast food restaurant after fast food restaurant between after school lessons and sports practices. Now, we even have people that are besieged by activities and responsibilities that reshape even the basic functions of our lives. So our busyness prevents us from gathering for family meals sometimes. 
and we find pleasure and fulfillment in many of the other activities that make up our day. So Karen Yaust asked this question, but what happens if Christians become too busy to come away and break bread together? Now this is more than just sharing the Eucharist, sharing the community meal that we do on Communion Sundays, the first Sunday of every month. This is actually sitting down around a table and sharing a meal. It's about being present in the moment with people that you're sharing this meal with. If you remember about 18 months ago during the Easter Lenten, the Lenten season before Easter, we had two meals set up to sit down and share a meal together. Now, the first group was able to sit down, and we shared a wonderful meal, shared some great conversation around a common table. But unfortunately, the second group did not get to experience this table together. We still provided food, and we provided a talking point sheet, and hopefully they went home and shared that meal and talked together. But it still wasn't the same as gathering around the same table as a group and talking and sharing a meal. But why is sharing a meal so important? It's because gathering as a faith community to rest from our labors and partake of a common meal is an important part of life together. Now let me say that again. Gathering as a faith community to rest from our labors and to partake in a common meal is an important part of our life together. And Karen Yaus tells us why this is important. We need times when we return from our individual activities, even those activities done in the name and for the sake of Jesus, and reform ourselves as the body of Christ. Otherwise, we may be broken and poured out so often that we struggle to be useful as Christ's hands and feet in the world. We may become so caught up in the busyness of ministry that we forget to spend time with the one who would direct our preaching, teaching, healing, and justice-seeking endeavors. Jesus knows that we need rest. Jesus knew that the disciples and himself needed rest. So he tries to find a place of seclusion. A place that they can go and rest in a while. And what do they do? They jump in a boat. Jesus loved to travel by boat across the sea and, and go to the different places. But what happens? People, the people that are in need, the people who want to be healed, the crowds that wanted to hear, saw and recognized them and saw that they were leaving and took it upon themselves to guess where they were going and ran ahead of them. They sought out their needs without thinking about what that meant for Jesus and his disciples. And this is one of the times that the neediest Neediness of humanity is shown. And is one of the times that the compassion 
of Jesus is seen. You see, Jesus, who is looking for a secluded place, finds a crowd instead that needs a shepherd. A crowd that needs someone to lead them, to teach them, to heal them. So Jesus does just that. He has compassion. And he begins teaching them many things. And after he teaches them and he feeds them, then he and the disciples try again to find a secluded place. So this time, Jesus sends the disciples out ahead of them to hopefully give them a head start, to hold the crowds back. And then Jesus joins them in the boat by walking on water. And they continue across the sea and end up in a place called Gennesaret. Now, at first, it may seem that they found the place where there's not going to be crowds, but Jesus is again recognized along with the disciples, and the crowds came from near and far, bringing the sick with them. And again, Jesus had nowhere to go that the crowds did not come. Yet Jesus didn't get angry. No, Jesus had compassion and healed them. Compassion, a term that we may know what it means, a term we may not. But this is what Douglas Hall points out about the term compassion. It is explicitly used of Jesus' attitude toward human beings in at least eight gospel references. And it is implicit in the entire witness to his life, including his healing ministry prominent in this text. So compassion must be said to be the essence of the one who created us and before before whom all life is lived. So Douglas continues this definition of compassion as compassion must not be turned into cheap grace. That's what Bonhoeffer said. And then God has pity on us. What else would God do? Or God will pardon me, that's his business, as Heinrich Hein would say. Now English, with its Latinization of basic human experiences, obscures for the most of us the picture behind the word. But Douglas says that German, the German word for compassion is much more direct. And this German word is called mitlied which means quite literally, with suffering. And of course, that is the literal meaning of compassion. But how many of us hear that? We may think of it as a synonym of pity. Now, pity is something you can manage from afar or at a once-removed situation. But compassion cannot be, cannot be managed from afar. You know, you don't have compassion really unless you suffer with those to whom you're referring to. The precondition for compassion is unconditional solidarity with the ones for whom you feel it. So compassion requires relationship, 
requires being there with those who are suffering. And we live in a world that is lacking in authentic compassion. A world that seems to be all about the needs of self and not about the needs of others. A world that uses people to get ahead. A world that is full of prejudices, oppression, and evil. But as followers of Christ, we have to embrace the radical, authentic compassion, the German mitlead with suffering. The Scripture tells us that when one suffers, we all suffer. That the shepherd will leave the 99 to find the one. That is authentic compassion. But do we too often get frustrated with the one that Jesus is going after? Do we get too frustrated and saying that, you know, we're the 99, we're the important ones, not the one who is lost? Well, Jesus never leaves us truly alone. The 99 are left in the hands of the Father as Jesus goes out and finds the one. Whoever that one is, whoever the one that is oppressed, whoever the one is being prejudiced against, we are called to have compassion, to with suffering those who are the other. That is authentic compassion. So I want to leave you with just... Two questions to think about, two questions to ponder, questions that you yourself must answer. First, are you willing and able to show authentic compassion with suffering to those who are in need? Can you be compassionate authentically? And the second... Are you willing and able to live into your baptismal vow of accepting the freedom and the power of God to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? We said that when we renew our faith, when we renew our baptism, when we remember it, when others are baptized into our church, we hear those words again, and we reaffirm those words. But are we willing to live compassionately into those words? We may be the 99, and Jesus is with us. But he has compassion for the one that is lost. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our song of invitation this morning is People Need the Lord. And as we listen, sing, and hear these words, may they touch our hearts, and may we have compassion for those who need the Lord. Let us sing, People Need the Lord.
we close out our worship here in the arbor, remember we have Sunday school at 10, we have another service at 11 for those who would like to stay for that.
Both of those will begin in the sanctuary. So now receive this benediction as we depart from this place today. Let us, let us say this together. From far and near, we have been brought close to one another in the heart of God. As we wander forth in the world, may we remember that God dwells in us and that God's Spirit is as near to us as our very breath. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen. God be with you till we